0: You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in Uh Ken Burns and Lynn Novick's 10-part documentary series on the Vietnam War wraps up this week. It's one of the, if not the most, in-depth looks at the war most of us have seen ever on television. Vietnam became one of the most significant flashpoints in American society in in the 20th century. Today, we want to talk about the experiences at home and abroad of metro Detroiters who saw those events up close. Joining us, as he has from the top of the hour, is Frank Joyce, an author and activist who was a draft resistor, but not a draft card burner, apparently, uh, participated in a lot of anti-war demonstrations, including the March on the Pentagon, the Democratic Party Convention in 1968. And in 1970, he traveled to Hanoi and has been back to Vietnam twice since then. He co-edited and contributed a chapter to The People Make the Peace, Lessons from the Vietnam anti-war movement. Also joining us now is John Stepara. He is a Vietnam War veteran from Romulus and a retired General Motors engineer. He served in the 199th Light Infantry Brigade and was deployed in Vietnam from January 1969 to January 1970. John and Frank, welcome to Detroit Today. Great to be here. Yeah. Uh, Also, continue to to join us on the phones if you'd like to talk about uh, what you have seen in the Ken Burns documentary about Mm -hmm. Vietnam. Uh, what reaction you might have to it, but also if you want to talk about the nature of protest in this country. Important subject when we're talking about Vietnam, but also important subject today when we talk about the NFL and this uh, burgeoning dispute now between the president of the United States and NFL owners and players. 313 1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313 1019 You can also go to the uh, WDET Facebook page, And put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, John, I'm going to start with you and your reactions to Ken Burns' work. In a way, he is trying to tell your story. Uh, How do you think he's—how authentic do you feel like uh, that has been so far? Well, I think it's been uh, very good from the
1: start. Uh, There's been a lot—the early— Uh, chapters, chapter one, two, when they were getting into the history of uh, how it all began with the French and everything leading up to uh, the French leaving after Dien Ben Phu. Uh, I, I was aware of it. I mean, everybody that probably served in the military knew about Dien Ben Phu, but but the history of the uh, colonialism of the French, I didn't really know that much about. And uh, so that, that part was interesting. Uh, and I kinda liked it and I think every probably every Vietnam veteran will agree with this or or the ones that uh maybe were out in the field as infantrymen or riflemen. But the beginning sound of the Hueys, the clatter of the you know, the choppers coming in, just mm-hmm. that sound, you just never forget that sound and and that kinda put me in an emotional feeling right away. I and, can imagine. And, and and the series has been really good, uh the only one I had an exception with was maybe number five.
0: Okay, and and what was it about that?
1: Uh, that was the uh, <clears throat> racial aspect where I I didn't really agree with it. I know Ken Burns said, you know, he felt that or experienced it in some way, mm-hmm. but I didn't see it as a a battle between, uh, say, the whites and the Orientals or you know the 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 brown people of Asia. I I myself and I know from uh, all the other people that fought out in, in the jungles or in the Central Highlands or in the uh, Mekong Delta, nobody ever expressed any uh, views in that way. Now, maybe uh, Ken Burns and others have come across other units that did or used that as an example. I was with the U.S. Army. Maybe the Marines looked at it more that way. But uh,
0: So you never heard people
1: talk about Charlie or talk about Well, yeah, gooks, Charlie. Yeah, gook's. gooks. I mean— but, those are racial. That's a racial term. Isn't but it? yeah, but w- didn't we have that going back to the American Revolution? I mean, we had that in every war. We, certainly, it wasn't just the exceptional war of Vietnam. It was World War One, World War Two, Korea. And you
0: feel so? You feel like it I, I wasn't expressly racial. I did not to was, me, not was, to me. It was just an enemy,
1: right? Right. I mean, it was a term you used. They had terms for us. I mean, you know, certainly, yeah. I, yeah. I I didn't look at it that way. That it, I didn't look at it that it dehumanized them less than what they were. All yeah. I looked at it was there's a guy out there trying to kill me and uh, you know, I'm trying to save I don't myself. want that to happen. <laughs> and
0: I, yeah, yeah. That's the only way I, I, that's a, I mean, that's a really, can
2: I pick up on that yeah, point? Go ahead, Frank. Because I think it goes to, if I were to try to distill my problem with the whole series down to one thing and believe you me, I have many, but <laughs> it's, It's on this very point of what this series does to perpetuate a sort of false moral equivalence uh, to what the war was all about in the first place. And John just expressed that, uh, I think, with, with all due respect. It's that you get into the war, and Burns starts the series by saying, you know, we got into the war for good reasons and good intentions which I don't agree with, Mm -hmm. but set that to the side, you're then off, and in telling the story of many veterans, which the series does very effectively, there is this, well, they called us names. It's the whole two wrongs make a right theory of history, I guess. They called us names, and so we get to call them names. They committed atrocities, and so we get to commit atrocities. And it suggests that there's some some moral and geopolitical balance here if i can if you can indulge me for a second i want to quote from a piece i wrote about a week or so ago that's gotten quite a bit of attention mm-hmm. and just pose these questions did vietnamese troops invade the united states did the vietnamese air force spend years spraying millions of tons of agent orange onto forests and crops in california and ohio Are there pictures of naked girls fried with napalm in Alabama that we haven't seen? Were hundreds of thousands of civilians in Canada and Mexico killed to pursue Vietnamese military objectives in the U.S.? Did Vietnamese troops massacre women, old people, and babies and dump their bodies into mass graves in Missouri, Montana, and Michigan? Truth: The United States government invaded Vietnam, Cambodia, and Laos, not the other way around.
0: Yeah, that's. A, I mean, I think that's a really interesting. Well, everybody point. knows that, John. I mean, so, uh, John, as didn't. as someone who served, though, w- when when you were there, uh, how did you feel about the idea that the United States was doing what it was doing in Vietnam? I mean, it's one thing to decide that, hey, I've got to I've got to go serve and that's part of being an american uh, uh it's another thing i guess to think about what was being done or do you or do you have any any way to even comprehend that when you're as you say worried that somebody else is going to kill you uh, and that uh, your job is to is to go and kill them
1: well no i looked at it in the 60s or you know my whole family was in the military my other three brothers served my Father and his two brothers served, four of my brother-in-law served. And I didn't serve because, you know, out of some altruistic feelings that, oh, we're greater than any other country. I went because the government sent me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I volunteered. I spent a year in Germany before I was ordered to go to Vietnam, and I didn't go over there with feelings of, you know— like I said earlier, that, you know, we were fighting against a inferior race. I went there because the government sent me. Right. And at that time, uh, you know, whether we knew it or not, you know, things weren't really up front, you know. The, the government wasn't up front with us telling us why we were there, or we weren't getting the support we needed, blah, blah, blah. This was a limited war. And, 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 and it got – it was a political thing. I mean, right. it got to, you know – and Ken Burns has brought that out with uh, – President Johnson and, and you know Defense Secretary McNamara and them speaking and you know for the first time I've heard that yeah. you know so certainly I mean in retrospect when I was there we didn't know that much about it you yeah. know we were <clears throat> we were there excuse me just to fight to come back home hopefully right and serve our country yeah. uh, that yeah. was it yeah i mean
0: uh, we're gonna take a quick break here when we come back we're going to continue our conversation uh, about uh, the vietnam war and the documentary that is airing on pbs right now when we come back i'm gonna get to frank joyce's objections to the way that the anti-war movement is portrayed in uh, in the documentary so stay with us and uh, detroit today we'll be right back
1: News, music, culture, and community. Every day. Every day. Every day. On 1019 WDET. Detroit's public radio
2: station.
0: You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we are talking with Frank Joyce and uh, John Stappara about the Vietnam War, uh, about the Vietnam War being depicted in Ken Burns' documentary on PBS right now. How accurate is the picture he's giving us of this very pivotal moment in American history? Uh, Frank Joyce is a local author and activist who participated in many anti-war demonstrations uh, and is uh, co-edited and contributed a chapter to the book, The People Make the Peace, Lessons from the Vietnam Anti-War Movement. Uh, John was a veteran from Romulus, a retired General Motors engineer, served in the 199th Light Infantry Brigade, uh, was deployed from 1969 to 1970. Frank, you have some very specific qual- uh, qualms about the way Ken Burns has put this documentary together. And of course, we should say we haven't all seen all of it yet. Uh, it, it's not over yet. But you feel like something is sort of missing from it.
2: Yes, Stephen, I do. And I kind of reverse engineer from based on what we knew was coming from many sources and, and the five parts that we have now seen. My question is, so when all of this is over and people have seen it, um, will we be closer or farther away from avoiding the kinds of wars that we are out now already in? One of the funniest tweets about this series that I've seen so far uh, is said something to the effect, I've, I can't wait for the burns Novik series on Afghanistan to be finished. Um, And I raise that in the context of what does this series help us understand about the lessons from Vietnam. And to me, as an anti-war activist then and an anti-war activist now, it isn't just that the anti-war movement was correct uh, in opposing the war at the time. And by the way, I want to take a small exception to something that Uh, uh, that John just said. It's no revelation to those of us in the anti-war movement that starting from President Truman through Nixon, Johnson, LBJ, Kennedy, etc., they were not telling us the truth. They were lying about the objectives of the war, the costs of the war, every damn thing about it. We did know that at the time, and that is a part of what starting with the first teach-in of the University of Michigan in March of 1965, is a part of what we were trying to bring to the attention of our fellow citizens. Yeah. So, there is an important question, and I, I concede that Burns and Novick do portray a version of the anti-war movement, and in some ways justify the position the anti-war movement was taking at the time. But what they really don't do, that I think is crucial, is that they don't put the anti-war movement in the context of being the first time in the history of the United States, either before Vietnam or after, when there was an anti-war movement that was effective, that was providing a counter-narrative to what the government was saying at the time. And in a way, this comes back to the NFL and the current protests about over-police mistreatment of African Americans and every other disparity of wealth, education, housing, et cetera, et cetera, between whites and blacks. And so just to try to wrap that up, my concern in part is that I think the series turns it all to mush, and it turns it into this, as I said, false moral equivalence. And so we will, it, we will continue to invade foreign countries and to pretend we don't understand their culture and who right, they are. Right. We don't understand them because we don't care about them. And the main culture that we don't understand is our own is our. Own. And yeah, that's what yeah. I think the series does not do a good job of portraying. Uh,
0: John, I want to give you a chance to respond, but I I really want you to talk about some of your specific experiences there and how you feel they're being reflected in this documentary. I mean, uh, I I know that you've told our producers about the first time you killed someone in Vietnam and and that the series is sort of recalling those feelings. Right,
1: right, that's correct. And and for the most part, most veterans from vietnam and i think from all wars don't really talk about it that much uh we Mm -hmm. we tend to be quiet and you know we only talk about it when asked and even then sometimes we won't talk about it or if we open up after we're sitting around with some friends in a bar or something and Mm -hmm. have a few beers then we open up about it but for me yeah, the series has brought out some Oh, introspection on myself. You know, I look back at things I did and things that, uh, you know, made me think of, uh, uh, you know, the the battles or, you know, killing. And Mm -hmm. You know, I've never, you know, I told you that uh, my sister asked me after, soon after I uh, uh, was discharged from the Army, had I ever killed anybody over there. And at that time, I couldn't answer. I probably just, I don't remember what I told her. I probably just stared at her and said, that's not a good question, right. but yeah, uh, so watching it, then then I related to my sister the first time because there was a, I don't know if it was in the Ken Burns series or if it's in a, a VFW manual that they just published on Brutal Battles of Vietnam, but anyway, it was a story about how the Vietnamese sometimes, and, and Americans did too, which was another point. That I wanted to make about Series Five, but anyway, uh, that the Vietnamese sometimes the VC or the NVA regulars would, uh, if they were wounded, would take opium or they right. would take shots of vials, and you know, and then that would make them fight, you know. Right. And I said, well, the first person I had killed was like that. He was gravely wounded, and he was uh, he took some vial or he took something, and all of a sudden he, you know, he's like a superhuman again. Yet he was pretty much, you know on a seriously wounded list and then I ended that by, you know, emptying a magazine from my M16. Wow. him wow. But, you know, I had never uh, relayed that to anybody before, but yeah. that come out. And yeah. the other thing I said about Series 5 was, uh, I think there was a mention in that that nobody did that on, on the American side, That but we all did drugs.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, even when we were, you know, sometimes in battle, there was mm-hmm. one time when I did right before uh, Uh, We were in a uh, rescue operation with one of our units was uh, in a firefight, and they were pinned down, and we had to go out and help them, and everybody had just come in from a 10-day, you know, uh, uh, ambush operation, so we were smoking, we were drinking, and... And that brought me into full realization. And after that, I could never do drugs again.
0: Wow. wow. Okay. Uh, John Stepara and Frank Joyce, thank you both for joining us for this important conversation on Detroit Today.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. All right,
0: That's going to do it for me today. Be, I will be back tomorrow. Hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you tomorrow.